Hey, it's the start of our Star Wars series. But I wanted to go to Tashi Station and pick up some power converters! Today we're talking about Star Wars A New Hope, or Star Wars if you're old-fashioned, starring Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Alec Guinness, what Peter Mayhew, James Earl Jones, Peter Cushing, Kenny Baker, and Anthony Daniels, directed by George Lucas. Who? George Lucas. Who? Yeah, I know it was a joke. So, like, um... <laughs> Alright. Yeah, this is, like, my big series, I guess. Mm -hmm. My huge fandom series, of yeah. which I will be giving very high ratings to in every single episode. So, um, if you thought that I was too negative on DC, I think the roles are kind of switching. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a little bit. I guess we should introduce yeah. ourselves. I'm Ryan. I'm Brendan. I'm Logan. So I'm guessing this will probably be, a, you know, the first episode for a couple people. I least. imagine so. So, um... And welcome to the Cinema Talk Podcast. Yay. This Yay. is going to be our longest series easily, by far. Yeah. Um, Think so? Oh, so yeah. Far. Yeah, yeah, so far. Yeah, so far. Um, but yeah, we went. We did do all the DC movies. If you're interested, to go back and listen to that. Just quick plug for old episodes real quick. At the mm -hmm. end of, the episode. of course. That's fair. Um, you were talking really quietly. I don't oh, know if they I'm could sorry. hear you. <laughs> Listen to our DC movies! Please! We need oh, views! I kind of want to start this off by saying, like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a big fan of Star Wars. Like, not as big a fan as you are. Yeah. But I'm, I'm gonna try to play, like, devil's advocate a little bit here. Okay. And just to view these as... I'll try not to throw the computer at you. To view these not hold as... hold on to my computer. Like, to view these not as Star Wars movies, but, like, as movies and, like, to judge them as I would a normal movie. No. And not give it a bias because, like, I've been a fan of this since I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Me uh, too. <laughs> I uh, mean, I'm, I'm just gonna kind of give my honest opinion of each movie, even though I, I grew up with Star Wars, obviously. Yeah, right. But, uh, I mean, if, if you look at it as a... As an individual movie, and you know, hold it to actual standards, <laughs> right? Then it's it'll. I think it'll give a different outcome. I'll make it. That's all I'm gonna try more to do. Interesting. I'll try. Yeah. See. Can't guarantee anything. Yeah. All right. Well. Um. But yeah. Expected that though. But yeah, I mean, like when we get to, uh, we've talked about. If you've listened to any of our episodes, you know that we bring up the prequels constantly. <laughs> oh yeah. And um, oh man, I, can't I think. Wait. When we get to those episodes, I will be a little more critical, mm -hmm. but so critical. Um, for every <laughs> other movie that we review. So, I guess we should talk about our format real quick, that we're going to be reviewing the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, and then the new Disney movies. We're going to go in that order, we're going to go in release order, and then at the end, we might have an extra episode. We, we might. We'll so Stay tuned for that. We'll, we'll see we're, if we have an extra episode. We're toying with the idea of the Star Wars Holiday Special. Yeah, at the very end of the series after uh, which we, we did in, we did some talk format. about Yeah. We did we, talk about doing it before. Yeah. 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 So, we announce a lot of episodes and then and never we never do them, yeah, so, we don't. So, <laughs> so we may or may not do it. So um but yeah, we are definitely we're we're building to solo. We figured we'd do this now, building to solo, because you know, Episode 9 is so far away at this point that we don't really feel like waiting that long. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and these are going to be... Last know, Jedi just came out. Yeah, Last Jedi just came out. So, you know, this is, you know, partially building to Last Jedi that just came out. Also partially building to Solo. So, mm -hmm. so uh, yeah. Let's get right into it. Get right into the plot summary. Hop in, Jeremy. What? what? <laughs> My name's not Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, I'm aware. My name's Ryan. <laughs> Mine just, is not either. Okay, that was strange. Galactic War rages between the Empire and the Rebellion. Just prior to the film, the Rebels scored their first victory against the Empire when they stole the plans for the Death Star, the Empire's ultimate weapon. Princess Leia Organa of Alderaan has the plans on with her on her cruiser heading 
for the planet of Tatooine to try to enlist Obi-Wan Kenobi to help them in the struggle. Was that literally just the opening crawl? <laughs> Basically. Yeah, that's what I figured. Her ship is intercepted by Lord Vader, um, and she is captured, but Leia is able to send two droids, R2-D2 and C-3PO, down to the planet to get the plans to Kenobi. On the planet, the droids are picked up by junkers called Jawas and are sold to Owen Lars and his nephew Luke Skywalker. R2 runs away from Luke to find Obi-Wan, and Luke and 3PO follow. Luke is attacked by Sand People, but is saved by Kenobi. Kenobi tells him that he fought with Luke's father in the Clone Wars and tries to convince him to come with him to Alderaan and learn the ways of the Force. Luke and Obi-Wan discover the Jawas that sold him the droids slaughtered and runs home only to find his aunt and uncle also killed. Luke decides to go with Obi-Wan to Alderaan, and they enlist Han Solo and his co-pilot Chewbacca to fly them to Alderaan. When they get to Alderaan, it's gone, completely destroyed by the Empire. The group is pulled into the Death Star by the Death Star's tractor beam, and they decide to attempt to break out the princess that is being held there. Obi-Wan sneaks around the Death Star to turn off the tractor beam, and Han, Luke, and Chewie sneak to the cell block to break out Leia. They break out Leia and are only able to escape through a trash compactor that almost crushes them. Obi-Wan is able to turn off the tractor beam, but is confronted by Lord Vader. He sacrifices himself so the group can escape, and they take the plans back to the rebel base on Yavin 4. The Empire put a tractor beam on the Falcon, though, and the Death Star followed them to their base. The rebels send a small group of X-Wing fighters to hit the main reactor through a small exhaust port. After a long battle, Luke is able to hit the reactor and destroy the Death Star, although Vader was able to escape. Han, Luke, and Chewie are honored for their bravery as John Williams' brilliant music swells and we move into the sequel that comes out three years later. So that is the very basic plot of Star Wars, um, A New Hope, or a Star Wars. A New Hope. Um, obviously, we'll go into a lot more detail than that, but that's, you know. If you don't know, if you haven't seen Star Wars, like, what are you doing? Where you been, yeah. schmuck? <laughs> like, what are you doing with it? It's two right. hours long. Watch it. It, yeah. Yeah, just, it is two hours long. Yeah, it's, it's easily the shortest of the series. Just watch it. Like, come on, people. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess we'll talk real quick about um, about the opening of every single Star Wars movie. Yes. The opening crawl. Yeah. Title crawl. And the title crawl and the music that is so iconic. Okay, yeah. The, mu- the music, I don't really know what else to say about it other than, like, it's legendary. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, John Williams is legendary, and he just provides this amazing... Score. Did a really good job. I don't think the movie would quite be the same with oh, any absolutely other composer or any other music. Um, Certainly not. But I think that's equally equally as iconic as of the John Williams music is the the opening title crawl. Mm-hmm. That's um, fair. That tells actually like looking at it this time, really thinking about the title crawl, it tells you a lot. Like, yeah, just it does. a very short amount of words. Mm-hmm. It's true about <laughs> about the movie Rogue One. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, that that title crawl is row one. Yeah. Basically, um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I like how it kind of just puts you right in the middle of the action. Um and, and that opening shot too, right when it uh you see the you know, the the first little cruiser the, and then the uh, massive star. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. It and it's one of those yeah. things where if you if you watch like um there's a great example of it in that 70s show when they when they go to see the movie for the first time. They just, like, when those ships go over the screen, just shows the character's reaction. People went nuts because they had <laughs> yeah. never seen right. anything like that before. Yeah. yeah, and, like, the special effects are bad, but it's the 70s. You can't really yeah. hold, them in, uh, hold anything against Like, them. they're bad by today's standards. It really did revolutionize like, the way that yeah. we, like, use special effects in film. Yeah. Like, like, they're bad by our standards, but in the standards of 1977, they were the best 
ever. That's probably true. Like, yeah. Period. Yeah. Um, and Lucas did so much in this movie with you know uh, miniatures and all this stuff. Um, yeah, I mean true, it's it's ambitious. That really just push. Uh, say what you will about Lucas as a filmmaker, but I think we'll talk about it as we go through these movies. In terms of visuals, he is always pushing the envelope, always trying new things, always creating, um, even if his creative instincts might not be <laughs> the best, or his script writing ability mm-hmm. might not be the best. Do you want yeah. to tell the story about when you kind of met George Sure, Lucas? yeah, I guess we can just hop right into <laughs> oh my that. God, yeah. <laughs> I guess I was kind of going to save that, but I guess we can hop right into that. Yeah, so this this fair. spring, this last spring, April. so like 10 months ago, April 10 months ago. Um, it was a while ago. Our school took a trip to Disney. I um, did not go, I went to Germany Yeah, he instead. went to Germany instead like a loser. It was fun, um, I enjoyed myself. But yeah, but so we went to Disney... Um, right on the same weekend as Star Wars Celebration. I love Star Wars and so I was really excited about that. And you know, I'm I am now in chorus, but in that that time I was not in chorus, so I was the only person really in our friend group that was not performing at the time I'm at so downtown pissed Disney. That I wasn't miss you. I, I wasn't with you during yeah. this. Yeah. Like so I was there by my lonesome. They were I don't know performing. how you got out of that. Like, I hear the story. I still don't understand how you they, got out of this. They were performing, and I was not in chorus, so I was literally just hanging out by myself in downtown Disney, or whatever they call it now. And I was walking around the shops, and we were going back to the buses to go back to the hotel so we could go to, I believe, one of the parks. I forget which. Um, and all of a sudden, I'm walking behind this guy, and I'm just like, you know, he's, like, walking with, like, the same, like, you know, natural like lean forward he's got the gray flowy hair I'm like that kind of looks like George Lucas I'm like there's no way it is because he's wearing dad jeans and he's wearing sneakers that look like they're 10 years old and like just plain white sneakers and like you know just a plain button up and I just kind of just jogged up like you know just a little bit quickly beside the guy and I just looked over that wasn't weird at all <laughs> no it, no this is maybe me admitting to a crime but <laughs> but I look over and I just look and I see George Lucas is around four feet from me and I lost my mind. I completely lost my shit. I ran up to him and I was like, "Hello, Mr. Lucas, Mr. Lucas." And the person that was you know guiding him towards downtown Disney um, just looked at me and just like waved me away and told me not no. He <laughs> told me no. So like I just kind of you know. Just walked from a just distance. Just walked from a he, distance. He yeah. hid in the bushes and I did not got, got out of his did actually like walk in front of him to take a picture though. Yeah, <laughs> a selfie. There's just if you look on my right, Instagram, yeah, which I won't plug right now. I do. Flood's one of those guys. <laughs> I did have a picture of my the top half of my head behind me with a crowd of people, one of which is George Lucas. That's that's funny. <laughs> so, um, I kind of. Kind of met him. You sort of did. Sort of. I, I was did. really close to him. You were you were really close to meeting George. Yeah, Lucas. I was really close to meeting him. <laughs> I was I was in his presence. For that. You were in his presence. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little less cool as Brendan's Hugh Jackman story, but ah, uh, <laughs> when you met Hugh Jackman <laughs> in the bathroom. When I didn't meet him in the bathroom, I you walked were... by. I was walking to the bathroom. He was there. I saw him, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." And then I talked. I did talk to him later after a show. You you had actual contact with Hugh Jackman. I did not have actual. contact contact with George Lucas because someone I said I, and I can't confirm or deny if this is true that Hugh Jackman came to my show instead of his daughter really but I don't know mm. if that's true <laughs> yeah there's no way of knowing I guess I did talk to him after that show though yeah um but I guess I, I'll tell that full story when we get to a movie with Hugh Jackman in which it. I'm sure yeah. we'll get to it at some point, point. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um so back to the movie um even after that sidetrack of weirdness um you know after that you get 
the introduction to two characters that are in every single Star Wars movie, R2-D2 and C-3PO. Oh, they're the only Good ones, aren't they? God. Yes, they are. They're in the every single two, Star Wars movie. Only two in every single movie. Yeah. What? You're, you're, like, groaning over okay, here. Okay, this... Yeah. Alright, well, I want to say about the opening shooting scene, it goes on for so long. Really? It's such a long scene. Oh my god, yeah. On and the it's ship? Boring. Yeah, on the ship. Oh, okay. The rebels and the, yeah, stormtroopers. I don't know. Like, and it follows C-3PO and R2 so much. Like, they're kind of the main characters at the beginning, is what yeah, I noticed. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. I don't, well, we don't get the actual main character of the movie until a half hour into the movie. Yes. <laughs> Which I actually like that. I, you know, in watching it this time, I was trying to watch it, you know, as a, rev- like a reviewer. Yeah. And I noticed, I'm like, wow, it's a half hour in and Luke's just getting introduced. And I kind of sat there, sat there and thought about it. Like, that's kind of a bold choice. Yeah. It is. I don't think it works. I got so... I had forgotten how much... How annoying C-3PO is. <laughs> and how much... How bad their dialogue is. Like, C-3PO and R2, they're, they're back and forth. It's just so much of the beginning part of this movie. I mean... Like, I forgot about that. Like, they... You get a lot of 70s dialogue in this movie. Yeah. Like, you can really tell. Like, it, it very much dates itself. It does. It completely dates itself. See, I... I don't know. Maybe it's just because I've seen the movie so many times and I know that this is what it is that I didn't notice any of 3PO's lines being more annoying. Like, I, th- I feel like the point of him was to be annoying. Like, like 3PO's point yeah, of the but then, is to be annoying. But then don't make him the main character for the whole first half hour. Yeah. I mean... I, I, can, see th- I can see that, but I never had any problems with following R2 and, and 3PO because it made sense for the story because they have the Death Star plans. That's fair. And we also get, you know, before we move on from this scene and go down to the planet, you know, we we do get the introduction to the second best villain in all of film, I think, behind the Joker from The Dark Knight. Um, um, no. Which one day we'll talk about that movie. That's Someday. also one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love, you know, the voice is iconic. If you've ever Denzel heard, Jones. if you've ever watched the, the, uh, the original footage yes. with David oh, Rouse so as Vader, it's so laughably terrible Fine. that I think it might have ruined the movie yeah. <laughs> if they would have kept that voice. Yeah. I want them alive. Yeah, it's so bad. <laughs> All right, um, buddy. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, go go watch that after the episode if you have time. Yeah, but like I love I <laughs> love watch Vader. It now. <laughs> I think it's I think it's. Obviously, this decision, we'll talk about all the decisions that Lucas made and when he made them to have the connections of the story. Yeah, I mean, um, let's mm. be real. But yeah, so like, it's interesting now knowing what happens, watching this interaction between Vader and Leia, knowing their father and daughter. It's just kind of, it's kind of strange. Spoiler. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, come on. Star Wars spoilers, guys, come for on. the whole series. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everything ties together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I still don't quite under, like, and here's a question I have for you guys, just obviously in the movie... Itself, or Leia is continually no... kissing Luke. Yeah, it's... which yes. we'll get to. This, yeah, that that's that's a really big criticism that I have with this movie. Yeah, because <laughs> do they like did Lucas know that this that like had he planned all of this out and he no. was just trying to make us uncomfortable? So then no. they just didn't plan. No, see, see, this is okay. I think I think they planned, just, this is just bad planning. I think they planned some of it, no, and then no, they know exactly what they planned. Oh, they, okay. okay, all right, no, <laughs> leave it to me. I'm the the big. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, according to the um, the novelist that wrote the Empire Strikes Back novel, mm-hmm. he was a good friend of Lucas at the time, and around three months after Star Wars came out, he was out to dinner with Lucas, and he 
very loudly and plainly in the restaurant, Lucas was talking about how Vader was going to be Luke's father in <laughs> in the in the sequel. So from that, at least it seems like on that note, Lucas knew that he wanted Luke and Vader to be. There are some things that George Lucas does that like yeah. are very questionable. <laughs> yeah, no, but that okay that 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 is the connection that. I think was always planned. The connection that was never planned until they went into production was of Jedi was that Luke and Leia were siblings. That mm-hmm. was never... That was The original plan was to have Luke have a sister be introduced in episode But six. they just never introduced that new character. No, they decided... Lucas decided it would have been better and made more sense for Return of the Jedi... To so, have them be brother and sister, and then to have Leia also there in turn be Luke Vader's kid, but it then kind of throws off a little bit. Yeah, there's a scene kind of towards the end when Luke and uh, Han are just in the in the Millennium Falcon or Falcon, it depends. whichever one, yeah, whichever one you want. Yeah, whichever. One you want. Yeah, whichever one, <laughs> I don't really care. They're just talking about Leia, and so awkward. It's so weird. And the first time that Luke sees. Um, First time he sees like uh, R 2s transmission, mm-hmm. he's like, "Wow, she's beautiful." And yeah. it's like, "Ugh, why are you saying that?" See, I don't have a pro- like, I don't know. I don't have a problem with it in Star Wars and Empire simply because the movie itself, when they made it, they didn't know that. And I know, also, but that's like, so. Then that's just bad planning. Yeah, it like, is, you no, gotta hold them accountable for that. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I feel like also in story, they were separated at birth. They have no idea. So like well, yeah, it's also so just like, kind of weird how they started to build up the romance between both Luke and Leia, and then Han and Leia. Well, I yeah, think and then I think when the when Han and Leia romance kind of blossoms, it's entirely undeveloped. But we'll well, we'll get I to that later. That. Um, I think sure. that I think that there's an interesting love triangle being set up here. That if they weren't brother and sister, could have been really played out really interestingly. Mm-hmm. But um, true. And I still think it's. I still think in this movie there's a very interesting dynamic between the three of them. Yeah, there is. There is in this movie. And I think that despite what we know came after this, looking at the movie itself, I think it works well in the movie. And I think that it it shows you know Luke's naivete of him seeing this beautiful girl be like, oh my god, you know, right. who is that? I want to meet her. I gotta help her. Yeah, I want to help her. You're gonna her. kill her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like, and I think his feelings towards Leia shows how naive he is and also provides an amazing story arc for Luke in this movie mm. that I absolutely love. And I think an amazing story arc throughout the entire trilogy, but just specifically in this movie, I think Luke goes on a journey from being, you know, our cold open joke to yeah, being yeah. the person that... Destroys the Death Star, gets the strength to do that. You want to talk about the hero's journey in relation to Star Wars? Yeah, sure. Let's go for it. Do you have something you want to say? Did I have something that I wanted to say? Well, I think it's really interesting. Because I think that Star Wars really does follow the hero's journey uh, to a T. I mean, if you're not familiar with the hero's journey, it's a 17-point cycle uh, that a lot of epic stories follow. And even this first movie of A New Hope follows the hero's journey quite literally in that you have this naive kid who starts out and then he meets this supernatural uh, helper, which is Obi-Wan, of course. Um, and he does all of these Obi-Wan. different... Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. Uh, <laughs> um, 
he does all of these things. He gives him the ultimate boon, which is the Force. Uh, I'm not going to go into it. There's, of course, the magic flight in which he destroys the Death Star and escapes. But Star Wars, and of course, uh, it's not only this first movie. It happens throughout mm-hmm. the entire series, but uh, or at least the first three movies. Yeah, that Luke series. Yeah. Luke series. So, I don't know. You can do some research on it if you want, but that's my two cents on the matter. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it really goes through... He, Lucas obviously used that. Very so. clearly used yeah. it. And I think he used it really well and put it in a context that people had never seen before, which I think is why this movie is so revolutionary. It's true. And also why it inspired so many people to get into the film industry. Like, if you look at so many <clears throat> so many filmmakers today said they saw Star Wars and wanted to make movies. There's an episode of DC's Legends of Tomorrow in which... Um, well, I, I won't get into it, but George Lucas gets scared away from filmmaking when they go back in time, <laughs> and then two of the members of the team like never become heroes because uh. it's. I think it's uh, the Atom and uh, I forget who the other one is, but I man, I need to go back and watch the show again. <laughs> but they never become uh, heroes, and they lose their powers because George Lucas never inspired them <laughs> to become scientists. Uh, Er, and one, I think one of them is a historian, but it's because of like Indiana Jones and Star Wars that like mm-hmm. they got into the business that they were in. I so I think that's interesting that like even though th- of course that's a TV show, but I think that if I think it's very accurate, yeah. I think it's very accurate too. I think if he had never made the movies, that like there would be so much that mm-hmm. wouldn't have happened for oh, yeah. ever, like plenty of people. Definitely. Yeah, I think I think looking at this movie, you know. It's so revolutionary story-wise, so revolutionary uh, technologically, and also I think it's, I think, you know, Lucas's writing sometimes kind of lacks, not only in this movie, but especially when we'll get to the, 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 um, the prequel trilogy, but I think there is some really good lines of dialogue in this movie, which is like, which is, makes me wonder, like, who did he co-write this with that, like, makes the dialogue? Well, okay, so... We already talked about the dialogue between the droids. Like, I think it's really badly written, um, especially because uh, that's probably mostly because C three PO is the only one who's actually yeah mm-hmm. speaking. Um, Half of the conversation is I just beeps. Wanna, yeah, I kind of yeah. want to get to like when they when they get to Tatooine. Nice. Yeah, and like on the planet and yeah. between Luke and the droids and stuff like that. Yeah, well, mo- well between the droids first because okay. there's like a Go solid ahead. ten minutes of just yeah. them wandering around that, the sand. I, planet. I was like, I didn't realize. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. uh, before we get that, I do. I do think that the scene with Leia and Vader when they confront each other is actually pretty well written and pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think it's like I think it's kind of basic. Yeah. Honestly, but yeah, but it's it it's not badly written. It has it's to. just every like everything C three PO says like he's just he, he sees like the I guess the Jawa transport ship mm-hmm. uh-huh. and he's like hey hey. Help! Please help! And I'm like, thank God. And then it cuts away from him. I'm like, thank God. That is the end of C-3PO for now. There's just so much time like spent on these useless and irrelevant like droids and aliens that are like that we just don't care about. Oh, like, I disagree. I care about R2. I care about R2 and 3PO. You cared about like watching the Jawas bumble about for like. A couple minutes and just like no, <laughs> just like watching the droids on the ship. Like when they when they like had their reunion. Like that wasn't heartwarming. That was just like wow, that was ten minutes. <laughs> like you were oh, apart for ten minutes. I'm like oh god, they're together again. <laughs> Bitch is gonna start talking. <laughs> and then like C three PO goes, do you think they'll melt us down? And I was like, just please melt <laughs> them down. Please. Make this be over. 
You don't like R2, though, either? The R2. No. R2 is fine. <sighs> R2 is awesome. Do you like BB-8 better than R2? Uh, or do you just not like the droids, period? I don't, don't know. No, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with BB-8. I think he's... That's right. I think he has some more personality. I don't know. R2 has a lot of spunk. <laughs> I think he has more personality in the LEGO games, to be honest. R2? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> They're also going for more comedy That's fair. in LEGO games than seriousness. I really like the LEGO games, Floyd. Don't judge me. Yeah, I like the LEGO games, too, but I'm just saying, like, it's a different platform. It's not a movie. And I think that, you know, Anthony Daniels, I think he's good. And I actually like, th- I like 3PO and I like how annoying he is because I think that's, I don't know. Yeah, you may have I not think... recognized my red arm! <laughs> yeah, that was a little, okay. that's different movie. I think he's good as a, like, as an annoying character, like, who's supposed to be annoying. Mm-hmm. But then don't make him the main character for yeah. the first whole part of the movie. That's just, yeah. and it's just So you're saying you don't have a problem with him, like, in the rest of the movie when he's a side character? Yeah, when he's a side character, I think he's fine. I think when they when they spend too much time on him, he's yeah. just, he becomes... Which they don't really get in the series. He's a droid, so he falls flat. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, even the scenes, you know, in the middle when... I mean, we'll obviously get to this a little bit later, but... When they're on the Death Star mm-hmm. and um, C three PO and R two are just in that one room and they're like, like R two's just or yeah they're just like hiding in a closet while yeah. Luke is trying to contact them. I'm <laughs> like you useless droid, just get out of there. Um, I think once they get to the dinner table and Luke and Owen are talking, I think that's the first bit of well written dialogue uh, I would say in this movie. Sure. I love okay so you know we had that time in the in the desert with the droids. I guess isn't that you know, worthy of discussion. But I love the introduction of Luke. I actually think it's bold, and I like it that it takes so long to get to Luke, and that he is then the main character of the story. Um, And like I said, I love the journey that Luke goes on. And I, you know, I love the dynamic between Uncle uh, Owen and Luke in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I I mean, do do you ever, like, really know how they're related? Yeah. Um... Uncle, it, this is how it's described in the prequels. Okay. But right. Um, Uncle Owen and <clears throat> is actually Shmi's remarried husband's son. Mm, okay. So. So they're so, not, so they're not blood related. They're not technically blood related okay. if you go by the prequels. In this yeah. movie, I I definitely think they're like it, by this movie in when this movie was made, I think they were intended to right. actually be. But if they are, then the the. Um, you know, the episode 5 reveal is obviously Doesn't really not, make sense. No, yeah. not at all. Um, I think... Ooh, I got chills. I have this written down in my notes. I got chills when Luke was standing... He was just like... I don't know, just like looking at the two... The two sons. <sighs> oh, and the force shot. theme starts playing. That gave me chills. But only because of episode 8. Which, if you oh, see episode really? 8, like, you'll know Okay, why. so like... But, I don't oh, think, like, I, we don't have reason at that point to believe that, you know, like, to be impacted really? by that at all. Oh my I, gosh, I love... I just think that's such a classic shot, like, yeah. you, it's in all yeah. of, like, the, the, um... It's, like, the iconic it, shot it, of Star It is Wars. the shot of Star Wars. I think that, okay, so, I know that we only At least like, the first one. We only get, like, two scenes of Luke before that, but I think it's so... I think the scene at dinner is really where that sets it up for me, of him... You know, he's this immature kid that, you know, just wants to get get right. away. He has, he wants has to greater to aspirations. He has greater aspirations, and I think... He wants to go to Tashi Station to, to pick up power, power converters. Like, he wants... Like, I feel like he, he wants to matter, and he feels like he's being held down and not able to matter, and then to be able to 
for it to be so iconic, just to be, you know, such beautifully shot and such beautiful music, too, I think really for the character, it means a lot, too, and which is why it is my favorite shot and it is my favorite moment of Star Wars, of uh, not just this movie, of any Star Wars movie. Yeah. This is my favorite moment, moment, and honestly, this might make me sound like a super nerd, weird kid, but I well up every single time. Oh, I watched true. this movie this morning at 9.30 in the morning, and I almost started crying. Like, yeah. it is that impactful where the music, John Williams' score, is so, oh, so it great. Is. It's amazing. Um, you know, and the reason why... I, I, I think, think it only... I think it only is, though, because of what has come after, and, like, since we know maybe. more of the weight of that. Maybe, yeah. but I, I I can't say one way or another because I never not, I was gonna say, you know, the seen first, these movies. I so. mean, it's kind of hard to think back to the first yeah. time that you mm-hmm. saw I don't movies. remember the last... The first time I saw these movies. Yeah, I mean, so, like, the only movies that I remember seeing for the first time are... Episode three to um, Last Jedi. Oh, so I don't even like the first five movies that came out are all kind of a, a blur when I saw them the first time. Yeah, um, because I wasn't allowed to see Revenge of the Sith when it came out because I was too young. But ah, yes, of course. Whatever. I still hold that grudge against my parents for not letting me see that in theaters. <laughs> I watched um, it at my cousin's neighbor's house when I was like when it first came out, and <sighs> I felt like such a bad kid. <laughs> we'll get we'll get to it, but I begged my parents the entire time Revenge of the Sith was being released in theaters, and they would not budge. And I was heartbroken. So disappointing. Yeah. But, um, but no, yeah, back to the scene. I, I like this scene. I don't know. May, maybe you're right. Maybe it is because of all that's come after. But it is just such, like, a beautiful moment. And, like, the score. The score in this movie, I think, is the best of any of the Star Wars scores. Mm. Just mm-hmm. because it has my two favorite Star Wars songs in it, the Binary Sunset and, um the throne room at the end. Yeah, that's probably... I think those are my two favorite Star Wars songs. And um, not to say that anything coming after is not going to be also incredible, but um, but yeah, I love this scene. I love the way it sets up the character. And um, also then from there is really when the plot gets kicked in because R2 runs away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And we get our introduction to Obi-Wan. To Obi-Wan. And <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> one of the problems I have with oh, this movie... No. Don't don't criticize Obi Wan. No, really? it's it's the it's the pronunciations. Okay, it's that like oh, it's just yeah. it's not like a huge glaring issue, but like it just it just contributes to the sense that like this isn't this wasn't really very well put together. Yeah. I feel like um, I don't know like Obi Wan and Leah Han or Han right Han or Han and then the the guy in the rebel debriefing room towards the end says Leah Princess yeah. Leah. And then, like, the Millennium Falcon or the Falcon, like... I don't really just... have a problem with that one. I don't know. I never really was bothered by the pronunciations. I don't know. Yeah, but I feel like it's just... How can you mess up Luke's name? I'm sorry, I just <laughs> that thought, right, like, yeah. Luke? Luke? <clears throat> or Alderaan, Alderaan. Yeah, I say right. both. I think it just doesn't... I alternate. I think it just doesn't lend itself to, like, making it feel like this was, like, a very well-put-together movie. I think it was... Really? Continuity yeah. issues. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was never bothered. I think they only I think it's ever just say something Obi-Wan. very small that just yeah. Uh, no, I guess Vader says Obi Wan. Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, they whatever it is, they change it later. But people always I don't know in this movie. Movies. In this movie, yes, everyone Obi-Wan. always calls him Ben, and I just kind of think of him. Oh, Ben yeah. Kenobi. Yeah. yeah. Like Obi Wan, the name Obi Wan isn't said that much in the movie. Yeah. So one like legitimate criticism that I would say that I had with Obi Wan and Luke's scene is that when when Obi Wan is telling him about Luke, this, this is the this most recent time that I watched the movie. I hadn't seen it in a while, 
Yeah. Um, Me neither. And I was ex- I was expecting for some kind of like clever loophole in their dialogue that like Vader was Luke's father, but like it's just like a blatant lie that Obi Wan tells him. Yeah, pretty much. Right? Like it's I just mean, you it's could... just that like he he died. <laughs> yeah, you know? I mean, you could say he says that Darth Vader killed your father. Yeah, that's, that's kind of a loophole mm, in that. It's I think like, that's really. I see that as a loophole. I think. I think that's what know. I think that that's what it was supposed to be. That like, oh, and oh you get that Vader the, killed the person the, your father used to be. Yeah, that's no, and, and that's what Obi Wan says in Episode Six when he says, "I what I told you was true from a certain point of view." That that's true. Yeah, and I, I see cause, because I'd like I'd like to try to find the actual dialogue from that just to see, but I don't. Because Lucas knew making this movie that he wanted Vader and Luke to be to be the truth. Yeah, because because he knew that going into this movie, I have I'm more reason to believe that this was on purpose. That oh, like it was supposed to be, you know, and it plays great into the story later where it's like Luke was like you know torn apart because you know Ben, you know this huge mentor to him lied to him and didn't tell him the truth. Yeah, and I think that that's way more impactful for Luke down the line that Obi-Wan, you know, lied but also told the truth at the same time. And I think that I think that it works in the context of the movie and in the context of the entire series. All right, that's fair. But um yeah, I don't know. I was just expecting something a little more clever. Um I don't know. I think it is clever. I think it is clever the way they they set it up. I like it. And I I love that scene when they first when they first meet where he says uh He's dead, not yet. He's me. You know, I, I love that interaction when they're when he first saves him from the the Tuscan Raiders. And then also, all I love Alec Guinness's. Yeah, Alec Guinness. Yeah, he's so great in this movie. Um, I think the both actors that have played Obi Wan are great. Ah, uh, uh, Ewan McGregor yeah. is so cool. But um, yeah, I love Alec Guinness in this movie. He's so iconic. Mm. Um, such a great actor, and I think that his line deliveries, even though he did not give two shits about this movie. No, he did not. <laughs> I think he still performed pretty well. Yeah, I think he did. I thought you were going uh, to say he's still performing, and I was like, no. I think that's right. No, he's, he's been dead for yeah. about 30 well, years. Yeah, for, pretty for this, dead. For this part of the movie, I'll agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that, you know... We'll get to later. Oh, really? There's a scene that you don't like with Guinness? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, I think... And it makes sense, too, because, I mean, Guinness hated this movie so much really? that when... A little kid came up to him and asked him for an autograph. He said, "Okay, but you can never watch the movies again." He was that like against wow. this movie. He oh, no, he hated this movie for some reason. And I guess, I guess when you're a serious actor like you know Bridge of the River Kwai, you know he, when you're an Academy Award like prestige actor, hmm. and you're known for a sci-fi sci-fi movie, sure. little sci-fi movie, you know, I guess. Probably makes sense. Yeah. But, like, at the same time, like, and then he, he died of liver cancer. R.I.P. Alec Guinness. Oh. Yeah. No, yeah. No, he was great in this movie, and he's great. I think he's pretty good in the other movies, too, that he's in um, as a force ghost. But, yeah. I think he was... Line delivery never really slagged for me. I feel like he was always giving yeah. what he needed to, because I guess he was getting paid. Yep. He was getting paid read, well enough. I read a letter that he wrote to his wife or someone on uh, on set when he was doing the first movie, and just the way that he, like, describes everyone, uh, it's really funny. I wish I could find it, if I'll like, read an excerpt of it later, if I can find it again. Oh, he didn't but... respect Lucas, he didn't respect um, <laughs> Ford, he respected no one on, he mm. cared zero. Yeah. And similar with Peter Cushing, too, he just wore slippers around. 
if you didn't know that. There's production pictures of Cushing literally wearing slippers just oh, because wow. his shots are from the waist up and he didn't care. That's pretty true. Yeah. <laughs> just, just you never no, you never see Peter Cushing's feet in the movie and he's wearing slippers the entire huh. time. Should we get to talking about Tarkin? Sure, yeah, I guess we can I talk think, about a really cool character. Yeah, I think the Tarkin and Vader dynamic is... Subtle and awesome. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think, um... I don't know who it is. I guess maybe it's Leia who says it, but who says that um, Tarkin holds Vader's leash. Yeah, Le- Leia says it. Yeah. Leia. Yeah, that's right. Princess yeah. Leia says Princess that. Princess Leia says that. Um, oh, and I think... Reading a I, feel, right I feel like we can't really talk about the Tarkin-Vader dynamic without talking about the Hux-Kylo Ren dynamic. It's very much supposed to be yeah, the same thing. Yeah, it does kind of parallel that. And um, I think what's so great about Tarkin and Vader's dynamic that I don't get really from Hux and Ren is that what's so interesting, especially looking at the series going forward, is that Tarkin is Vader's superior. Oh yeah, and he, he definitely very is. Much even, is. Like even without the powers, he's yeah. still. I mean, I think Tarkin is kind of the main villain in this movie. Yeah, I would say um, so. Yeah. yeah, and I I didn't really get that from from Hux the same dynamic, but no. I mean, it's, Hux, it's similar. Hux but does different. right. Hux does have power over Kylo Ren. Does at he least, rank above At him? least until eight. Yeah. I'm not sure. No, I think no spoilers I think for might. 8. We'll, yeah, we'll no, try to avoid spoilers for 8. Yeah, no spoilers for 8, but um, I think it's definitely an interesting journey for Kylo Ren that, um, you know, that Vader never really gets to complete. Because Tarkin's probably, killed. Right, probably because Tarkin's killed. Yeah. yeah. And then he becomes, obviously, superior because he's dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I love... Um, it, it, is a, it is a good dynamic. Yeah. My, you know, everyone, you know... The fandom of Star Wars, everyone has their quote unquote their Star Wars. You know, you know, you either grew up on the original trilogy or you grew up on the prequels. You know, like I grew up when I was really formative age. The ser- like, my Star Wars is the Clone Wars TV series. Mm. Like that was the Star Wars that I grew up on. And there's some great episodes between uh, Anakin and Tarkin huh. that really I think you know set up this dynamic really well. And it, you know, people will say what they will about the the TV or the movie, which is not good, mm-hmm. which we haven't actually decided if we're reviewing or not because that was theatrically released. Clone Wars movie? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. We haven't decided that yet. Um, but yeah, the show, the show goes, becomes incredible. And I know that Matt, um, who's not with us today, um, agrees with me that he, he's, he, alive. He, he alive. He's, he's alive. He's alive. He's, he's alive. alive. He's not here. here on this episode. <laughs> yeah, no, I know that Matt, uh, we've had conversation. He feels the same way. He loves the show. The show goes into really dark places, and there's some really interesting episodes that set up. You know, Tarkin and Anakin's dynamic you know, really adds to Yeah, I do think that the dynamic is probably a lot more interesting. What And again, I haven't, I haven't seen the yeah. uh, Clone Wars TV show. Great show. But I feel, like, I feel like that would make the dynamic a lot more interesting. Especially like once you start to view Anakin as, you know, like Anakin Vader is kind of mm-hmm. the same. And like, yeah. oh, this connection that they had might still carry through. But I think in this movie it is definitely a lot less developed than that. I don't think, but I think it's I don't think we enough. ever. I don't think we ever see Vader in this movie as anything other than like his suit. It's He's pretty. A it's pretty much it. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I actually like in this movie. Yeah, and like when he when he gets more development later, it's probably a more interesting dynamic. But mm-hmm. in this in this movie, I didn't, I didn't see it as especially interesting. And I think it's it's interesting to see this movie as Tarkin as you know the person and had that has. You know the pit bull on the Vader leash. On the leash. Yeah. yeah, that he lets go to go take care of stuff, and then Brandon has something he really wants to. Say. I I really do because I found the letter that I was talking about uh, earlier. Um, 
And it, it's funny because it, so this was on set. This was written April nineteenth, nineteen seventy six, and I'm just gonna read it because it's a letter from Alec Guinness to his wife, um, I believe. And it, it just reads, "Can't say I'm enjoying the film. New rubbish dialogue reaches me every other day on wadges of pink paper, and none of it makes my character clear or even bearable. I just think, thankfully, of the lovely bread, which will help me, uh, which will help me keep going until next April, even if Yahoo collapses in a week." I must off to studio and work with a dwarf. Very sweet. He has to <laughs> wash in Baker? a, in a yeah, day. Is about Kenny Baker? Yeah. And your fellow countrymen, Mark Hamill and Tennyson, that can't be right, Ford. Ellison? No? Well, a rangy, uh, languid young man who is probably intelligent and amusing, but oh God, God, they make me feel 90 and treat me as if I were as 106. Love, Alec. And then it's a postscript and it says, Harrison Ford. Ever heard of him? But that's the no, you haven't heard awesome. of him before this You movie. have not heard of him yeah. before this um, movie. And yeah, we didn't really talk about... I guess we haven't really talked about any of the performances yet. Yeah. Besides Guinness. I yeah. think Hamill... You know, people say what they will, but I actually think he's good in this movie. I think he's really good. He plays this, you know, annoying, you know, teenager pretty I well. I can't say anything bad about Mark Hamill just because I really like him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As a person. And like I said, I think there's... I think he plays the character like it's a character's journey where he start he has a place to go in the beginning. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I think if he was just, you know, Ray, which we'll get to my feelings on the character, which is hit or miss, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's not a perfect character right away. And Hamill plays him that way, and even though he can be annoying, I think there's a reason why he's being annoying. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense in the context of the movie and the series. Mm-hmm. Um but then, you know, after after we get that scene in Obi-Wan's hut, we get the scene where the Jawas are slaughtered, and I think we get another great Star Wars moment of Luke running off to see um, his homestead, whatever you want, the Lars homestead. And just, I love the moment. I only really noticed it the past couple times I'd seen it. I love the moment when Luke goes to... The homestead, he gets out of the speeder and he sees the dead bodies. I love what it does for the character when he sees the dead bodies, he looks down and looks away, and then right before it cuts, he forces himself to look back up and make eye contact with the, the dead bodies yeah. again. And I think that is such, yeah, a, that. That's such a great little detail that Lucas threw in that says so much about the character and the journey that he is starting right there. Yeah, like, yeah that's, that's kind of the start of, I think, when... Yeah. And I don't know, it's what... How how far is it into the movie? Like maybe? forty minutes, maybe. 40, yeah. yeah, which forty fifty minutes. We're at the forty two minute mark yeah. of this podcast. Hey, yeah, hey. this this will not be two hours long. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, but no, yeah, like the um, I love, I just love that that is the moment he initially like reverts back to the weak character that he was before, and he decided no, that is not the person I'm going to be anymore, and looks at the dead bodies, and then yeah. goes with him to Alderaan. Yeah. Which is why I well, think this is what I'm saying. Well, yeah, first to the cantina. Yeah. Which, well, decides that he's going to go with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On shot first. I think we should, yeah, I think we should talk about the cantina. Yeah. I think here also there are a lot of unnecessary shots of aliens. Yeah. I think it, I think there's like a, I think there's like a, f- probably a full minute. It's just a little maybe more bargain bin of a montage. Yeah. And it's, it's just like a lot of. seconds. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know the exact length of it, but it takes a while, and they just kind of jump around the cantina and, like, show each alien for a couple seconds, and then it just takes a while, and it's pretty unnecessary. But, I don't know, that, that could be argued. 
I, I like showing the different aliens, probably just because I'm a Star Wars fan, and I'm like, hey, yeah. there's that alien, and there's that alien. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, I, get that. I like the I like the universe that it sets up, mm-hmm. and that's that's probably my main thing with this is I I love the universe that this all sets up, but the the movie itself is what we're yeah criticizing uh, here. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's there there is a small contingency of people that don't view the first Star Wars movie as that great. And I strongly disagree with them, but I, I acknowledge that there is that group of people, of, of huge Star Wars fans, that, like, I appreciate yeah. what it sets up with the movie itself. I don't enjoy that much. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I think everything in this scene is great. I love, um, God, why am I forgetting the character's name? Greedo? Greedo? No. Joppa? No. The Imperial Spy? Nope. The guy that comes up to him at the... Comes up to Luke at the bar. Why am I? Free? I'm a terrible Star Wars fan. Why am I forgetting characters? Name? The oh, that's like he doesn't like you. That gets his arm cut off. Yeah, that comes back in Rogue One. I'm completely forgetting the character's oh, name. But um, don't hate me, Star Wars fan. Wait, so so when he gets when he gets his arm cut off, there's blood on the floor. Yeah, that's inconsistency. I know. Yeah. I'll, I'll admit Not to that. Bad, I've no. always I've always thought that. But um, but yeah, I still like the scene. I like um, we're wanted men. I have the death sentence on twelve systems. I I don't know. I just I love that line delivery, and I love um, how Obi Wan, you know, is almost like the father figure to Luke. Yeah, that's steps nice. in there. And what's what's great about this, you know, this dynamic between Obi Wan and Luke, you know, looking at the series as a whole, is that he sees that he thinks that he failed Anakin. Yeah. And that he's trying to, you know. Yeah, that's true. Right. That. So you, so you don't get that if we're I mean if we're just looking at this, uh, this movie and that yeah. doesn't really make much sense. But yeah, I think they I think they go back in the in the prequels and they kind of add more weight to it. Yeah. Well, and they kind of have it in the movie saying that, you know, he was friends with his father and his father's dead and that, mm-hmm. you know. I feel like little do you know. <laughs> like like if we if there was so much exposition in this movie, it would all just be exposition. Mm-hmm. Like like, I feel like, you know, they do the right amount of exposition where it's a line here, it's a line there that, you know, adds to the story, creates the universe, but doesn't get bogged down in the past. Yeah. Where I think... Then they double back and do exposition in the prequels. Well, yeah, that's telling the story of what happened before, but, like, I think that um, in the movie itself, not everything might be set up correctly or that well, but also at the same time, I feel like if it was, that's all it would be. Sure, mm-hmm. sure, sure, sure. And for a two-hour movie that's already, according to Logan, lacking some pacing, uh, mm-hmm. I think that would only make it worse. So, yeah. Alright. But then, anyway, so they get the Millennium Falcon. They... Han Solo. The great yeah, the concern. introduction to Han Solo. I love it. Yeah? You know, I like, love it. How do you... I don't think the character of Han Solo is especially interesting. Really? No, I don't. I, like Han. Oh, I love Han. I just like him as a person. I don't, yeah. I don't think that he has, uh, to be honest, over like the... It's kind of the same story arc that he has every movie. Like, oh nope, I'm just in for the money. Can't yeah, and then it. right, and then and just kind of gets old. I don't know. I I I, I like his I, appreci- wit and charm. I appreciate it to a certain extent. Yeah, and like I think Harrison, Harrison Ford? Ford gives a good performance. Oh, yeah. Harrison Ford is great. Yeah, and um, I love his interaction. No, I feel like he gets a really cool story arc. Story arc in Force Awakens that we'll get to. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah. um, I think his story arc in this movie specifically is really interesting. Um, and obviously, like I feel like everyone knew he was gonna come back at the end. Yeah. But still, I think that you know, starting as this character that's a really hard exterior, you know, seems really tough, but actually, you know, is all gooey inside, and has a heart of gold. I think it's it's an interesting character. It's a character type, but I don't know if it's a character type because of Han Solo. I feel I like it, I feel like now people call that character the Han Solo type of character. Yeah, maybe. Where like 
I don't know. I think he has a he has a story arc that's there, but is not like as in your face as Luke's. Sure. Because he's a side character to Luke. So then they try to go to Alderaan, but there's no Alderaan. And there's yeah. no Alderaan. And actually, we didn't talk about that scene. I liked that scene where they destroyed Alderaan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a really good scene. I think it was. It shows the cool dynamic between Tarkin and Vader. Carrie you know, Fisher does some good acting. Carrie Fisher's really good. R.I.P. In this, yeah, rest in peace. We'll talk about that when we get there in the series. But yeah, I think there's some really great acting um, just between Cushing and Vader, and then also between Vader, uh, Cushing and... Uh, Fisher, I think they have some great back and forth, you know, in that scene. And um, yeah, so moving back to the to the scene where they get there, I thought that was, mm-hmm. I think it was a really good. I think that's where you see really good chemistry between Guinness, Hamill, and Ford when they're on the ship, and they first get out of hyperspace, and yeah. they have that um, little interaction about the ship, and then about the you know that's no moon, that's a space station. And you see the Death Star. Yeah, that's a classic line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Guinness delivers that perfectly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, um... So, yeah. So now we're at the Death Star. Yeah, we're at the Death Star. The Death Star. Right. I think this is really where the movie, you know, I love the character stuff that was before, but I think this is really where the movie, you know, kicks it into full gear and it's go, go, sure. go until the end. And I love it. Exciting stuff happens. Do you not... Do you I mean, yeah, I, I, think there, I think there are still parts where it lags, of course, but I don't... I don't. I don't have any any huge problems with this. I love the scene when they send the scanners up on the ship, and it's just a shot. I love how the shot just stays on the yeah the um, ramp of the ship, and you just hear the noises, blaster fire, the blaster yeah, fire, yeah. the Sorry. different rattling, and then Luke walks down it's the like, hey, it's like <laughs> taps his head to yeah. say the the transmitter's not working. And I I don't know. I just I love the way the movie starts to flow here as it gets that it gets that rhythm. Yeah, mm-hmm. the whole plan. Yeah, I I agree with that. Box. I think this is I think this is where the movie really starts to get going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pacing wise, yeah. And I, I like I like how it goes from, you know, shows that shot, it shows Luke going down the ramp, it shows then all of a sudden Chewie and Han are there mm-hmm. um, at the door ready to take over and I like I don't know, I like all the different personalities clashing on the Death Star of what sure. what they want to do, you know, Han wanting to just go at him, but you know Obi Wan having to like rein him back, say no, we can't do that. We're five people. We're gonna get destroyed. Yeah, and that. Yeah, I think at the same time, you know, I can I can understand how there might be some lag if you say there was some lag. Maybe the trash compactor was a little too long to see. Yeah, I can, but. I thought Besides, that led to a good joke mm-hmm. where they're all cheering and 3PO's like, Oh, I failed! Yeah, oh, I think that's no. a good moment for 3PO. Really? But, um... <laughs> and the joke was funny. I think, um, maybe there was one too many, you know, little shots of Obi-Wan sneaking around the Death Star. Ah, uh, yes, the mm-hmm. Obi-Wan sneaking shots. But, um... But no, I Which w- is supposed to... Okay, can we just talk about this now? Sure. Obi-Wan sneaking around the Death Star is supposed to culminate in this awesome fight with Vader. Like... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. This this lightsaber fight sucks. Ah, eh, just like tapping each other. It's bad. It's awful. There's no. There's they no music. Shots there's so no much. music in the bath in the background. They move. They're moving so slowly. It's just. It's so lackluster. And at one part, I just noticed. I just started laughing because Obi Wan does this like what what is probably supposed to be like this cool like spin around move. But it's so slow, <laughs> and like you can tell, like it's just these two old guys that are like hitting each other's lightsabers. Like it's so, it's so bad, especially when you compare it to, you know, what we've gotten afterwards. Oh, with, man. I mean, like, 
like with obviously episode eight had some great lightsaber fights. Episode yeah. seven, um, I mean the the prequels I think are better. Even if you look at episode five, they're better. But this lightsaber fight is like what's supposed to culminate in like. This is what Obi-Wan's character I'm sure is. the first time people saw it, they would have been like, oh man, they're fighting with laser swords. Probably. But, then, but, like, like, but now it's just kind of like, well, he's literally like, there's a part that I think it's uh, that almost, always it's makes almost me laugh. laughably bad, yeah. The part that makes me laugh the most is when Obi-Wan is just like batting at him with like, he's like doing like a little like parry move. And yeah. he's oh, like, I like that. <laughs> I actually really like, like no that. No one else does that in Star Wars. Like, you just, like, it's always slashing them together and, like, doing flippy jumps and That's stuff prob- like that. Uh, this but... scene is probably my biggest criticism with the movie. It's, well, yeah. I think uh, it was good for the that... time it came out. It probably was, but it does that does not hold up. I mean, I think... like, it's so, it's so lackluster. It's just boring. I like what it does for the character of Luke, which is ultimately the driving force of the movie. But also, like... We wouldn't have all those awesome lightsaber fights if it wasn't for this one. That's and true. I feel like they had to start somewhere, and Lucas had to learn how to choreograph this and how to get yeah. this down. And I think it's how to hire a fight choreographer. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I think it's I think it's interesting enough um, on just a character scale of the introduction of you know the the set conflict that we already started that was set up before between Vader and Obi Wan, how they have a history. Yeah. But that we don't exactly know what that history is. I like that ambiguity in the movie itself, and then also to be able to find out about it later. I think there's enough in terms of story of the two characters clashing that even if the choreography might be a little lackluster, I think there's there's enough stakes with Obi Wan's connection to Luke, and there's enough stakes of the two characters clashing, obviously having a history together, that it still works for me. Yeah, I think the part that I liked the most about it was the idea of. Um, if you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you can ever imagine. I love it. Yeah. That. that is awesome. The only part I that, that I don't be... like about that is when Vader goes over and starts poking his... Uh, oh my god. With his oh my god. No, I like that. But he's like, wait, where did he go? Yeah, like, no, I, I don't like understand that. the force. No, no, because Vader, Vader wouldn't understand that, I don't think. I don't think... Because... Yeah, it just looks funny to me. me. I don't just, know. I like it. He's like, well, I mean, he just disappears. It doesn't. Really? I like that. I like that Obi-Wan just immediately disappears. I mean, we do have another character that we actually have several characters yeah. that do fade out and just yeah. become ghosts. Yeah, so he's not the only person. To yeah, do no, it. like it happens again in episode six and eight. Yeah, but I know. So I'm, I'm just, I'm yeah. just saying. Like it's it's a thing that becomes. Um, there's an explanation in the Clone Wars series, oh. but I don't know if we really we'll get into use it. That. Well, let's get into it, know. like maybe down the line or something. Yeah, yeah. It, they we'll explain how Force ghosts work. Oh, okay. And it kind of, you know, retcons hmm. why Obi-Wan was the first one that, um, was the first one to do that. But actually, they get into that at the very end of episode three a little bit, so I can sure. talk about it then. But yeah, I really like, I like that Obi-Wan, I like that concept of him, you know? Oh, I like that Sacrificing too. himself, having Luke watch him sacrifice himself. Yeah. And then also become this more powerful being because of it. Yeah. I just think it's not, I just think it's not a well done scene at all. And... It's a good concept. Yeah, I, th- I think sure. it's still. Well I think executed. I think that's that's what a lot of this movie is for me. It's a it's a it's a good concept, but they just don't do it well. I see. Like I, the first time that they ever had to do it, so I can't say I'm surprised that yeah. some of the stuff wasn't done completely like perfect. Right. But well, and see the thing is, though, I actually really like this the way this scene is set up with having you know the group there after they go through all that at the trash compactor and you know breaking yeah. out Le- Leia, which we didn't talk about, which is great 
some great dynamics mm-hmm. of you're a little you know, short to be a stormtrooper. Yeah, and how yeah, there, spunky there's some, Leia is. There's some funny lines in there, yeah. just quick exchanges. I I'm think, sure that uh, that would have been a much like wittier scene in the '70s, but like today, probably. it's just kind of like I don't yeah. know what you're saying. Um, <laughs> did you guys catch that Leia is in like the detention cell two one eight seven? Yeah, that was definitely a yeah. oh, FN it's cute. It's oh, that's yeah. funny. Yeah, um, it's been yeah, that's yeah, I get it. That's definitely yeah. a thing. Um, yeah, because as soon as uh, they said in the uh, in the Force Awakens like FN two eighty seven, I was like, hey, we yeah. cell block. Right. Um, and um, I think that yeah, going back to that scene of uh, Obi Wan sacrificing himself, I like how the crew is all there, and they all start to run across, and how Luke just stops. He just can't watch. Mm. Uh, I love the way it goes from. Luke just standing there, you know, Vader and Obi-Wan having this standoff where they're kind of at a stalemate in the fight, and Obi-Wan just looking over at him, knowing what he needs to do, and just sacrificing himself. Yeah. And then Luke finally snapping to it when he hears Obi-Wan's voice and shoots the, the door so Vader can't stop them. Right. I don't know, I, I love the way the shot is, I, I mean, say what you will about the fight, or maybe Although that, prior that to that, shot. Han Solo did run down the hallway chasing a group of stormtroopers. Yeah, that was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Off. And they, like, they like run from him, like, and... Yeah, yeah, like yeah, one fr- dude with oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, why does that part happen when Han Solo just chases this group of stormtroopers? Like, stormtroopers are supposed to be so menacing. They're, like, the, they're like the iron fists that, like, rule down on this tough regime, and then... And then this like smuggler chases after him with a gun, and he's like, "Yeah!" <laughs> and they're all they all just flee. And no, that's like, not how the scene goes. It's, it's like one of them. He's like chasing one stormtrooper. It's run- a couple. I think. No, it's a whole. It's, it's like no. Yeah, he's I chasing, feel like it's like he's chasing one stormtrooper down this hallway, and then he hits the end of the hallway where it opens up, and there's the whole like squadron of of stormtroopers, and it shows and then the same hallway and him running back. I thought it was yeah. hysterical. No, he's chasing a couple of them. It's so funny. He's definitely though. chasing like, like, it's like so he's funny. definitely chasing like five or six down that the hallway, just... and then it opens up into the big one. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I thought that was a very funny scene showing. First of all, showing Han's character of like. Yeah, go get him, and then realize. I, oh, I just crap, don't I can't under- do that. I don't understand why that group of stormtroopers, like five or six stormtroopers, just runs from him. Like, I don't what know. this guy is? I thought it's. I thought it was very funny, and I think yeah. it's. I think it was maybe. I think it was max like three of them. Oh sure, sure, sure. I don't know. I don't think it was that big of a group. So then but we, we es- don't have that. We don't have the film next to us, so we don't. That's know. true. Then we escape the Death Star. Yeah, after Obi Wan sacrifice. Yay. Yeah, we um we go back to the rebel base. Yeah, yeah. I think that. I didn't catch it. I never caught this as a kid. I never really understood why the Death Star. I maybe I was just stupid and just was like, "Hey, it's the movie." But, <laughs> but I never really. I think it's really clever of the of Lucas to have you know. It makes sense that they let the Falcon escape. Yeah. Like so that they could follow them. Back so to they him. could follow him back to the base. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really interesting. They were a concept. yo-yo on a string. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And they they bring it back. And what I love about what the series does from here. And people are always like, oh, you know, it, it repeats itself too much. I love how this series, this isn't my analogy, but people use this all the time, and I think it's great. I love that this series is like poetry, where there's rhyming, and there's things that come back, and just like little things that mirror yeah, each other. Yeah, it's not the same, but there is a lot of mirroring. Yeah, this. which I love. I think that's really cool. I think that sets up a really cool universe, how there's little details that just keep happening. And I like how you go through each, you can see each trilogy as like a stanza of a poem. And I really think that's interesting and in how the different characters interact with each other, um, overlap over the trilogies, you know, Obi-Wan into the prequels, you know, Luke into the Luke and Leia and Han into the sequel trilogy and all that. But then also, you know, the spin-offs, which we'll talk about if they're necessary or not. Um, 
but I, I like the way you know that you know, tied on the end of a string. You know, it's the same. It's the same thing as in episode eight. Yeah, that's um, nice. Yeah, and I think that's a cool callback, Amy. Um, but I think yeah, it's a really smart idea. First by the Empire, second of all the screenwriter. I thought like mm-hmm. I think Lucas, that's a really cool, I like way to be like how can we get the Death Star to be there sure well, yeah and they and they know like they we didn't just escape they, they let us well Han thought he just escaped yeah because <laughs> that's Han Han right. of course thought he escaped yeah um, but then no Leia realizes Leia's you know one. yeah because she's the smart one yes and yep. Han's just the yeah, they go get him but um one little one little line that I don't think ever really gets a lot of credit that I think is really good and really shows Luke's character is when um Leia and Han are having that interaction right after they escape the Death Star, and <clears throat> she goes, I don't really think he cares about anyone or anything, and Luke just goes, I care. <laughs> and just, like, really weakly, and, like... I thought that was so... I thought really? that was dumb. I, I love like that. Him. I love that Luke is, like, st- like he's, he tries he's progressing. So hard. No, he tries so hard, and that's what I love about him. Like, he's, like, in this movie, he's he gets there by boy. the end. Yeah, he tries so hard, and at the same time, he's still like, a kid. Like, he's still trying still, to get there. Because, I yeah. mean, like, he's, like, 19 in this movie. Like, he's a young kid still. Yeah. And, like... They're gonna kill her. Yeah, I think it, I think it really... I love I love Luke's journey. Like, before when you're a kid and you're watching Star Wars and, you know, it's like, oh, uh, you know, cool lightsaber fights and special effects and, you know, cool universe. It's not really cool lightsaber fights in, in this one. Which is why this was never one of my favorites when I was a kid, but now is clearly my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I love... Just the contained, like now looking at it from a film perspective, I love the journey that Luke goes on. And yeah, it is the classic hero's journey, but I think it's in such a way that is so great and so entertaining at the same time that it never, this movie really never loses me with Luke's character. And I feel like so many things happen for Luke. Like, even if you're saying, like, oh, it doesn't quite make sense in story or, like, with the other movies, like, but, look, Luke's story in this movie, I feel like everything makes sense and serves a purpose. Even though I can tell, Logan, you disagree with that. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been... I don't really feel like Luke really reaches the the climax of his hero's journey. Really? Um, No, I don't. I feel like he's still kind of just the same kid on Tatooine, you know, like... Hitting womp rats, and I mean, like, there's something to be said for that. How you know he's he's doing bigger things, but he's you know like keeping his roots or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that's I think that's it's interesting, but I don't. It's not it's not really that fulfilling. Um, I don't really feel like he like he earns the medallion that he gets at the end. But mm. uh, see, I I love Luke's journey in this. Like I've said, I love Luke's journey in this movie. I love the journey, his journey. Especially when we get to episode eight, I love I love the journey oh, that, yeah. that this character goes on over the the span of these movies. But I feel like he's to the point at the end of this movie where if that was the only movie, if this was the only movie in the series, that I feel like he's still developed. And I mm. think he's still at a different place. I completely disagree. I think it sets up his his uh, future developments, but I don't think in this movie that it's anything special. Sure. Uh, I think I think the biggest the biggest. The you know transformation of the character I think is definitely when he sees, you know his dead aunt and uncle, but I still feel like he's he's at such a different place, getting that medal at the end of the movie than he is when he's I want to go to Tasha Station to pick up some power converters. Yeah, you know? I feel like he's at such he's like like you said he's still the same person, but he is so 
much more mature and so much, you know. I feel like he really ready. doesn't become like a different person until Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, when he yeah, Return of the Jedi is when he's fully formed into, you know, his new a self. Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to see that entire development in one movie. I feel like in terms of that's fair. His story arc. I feel like this is a great. I feel mini like, story arc that leads as the beginning of the full story arc. Yeah, and I feel like they kind of do that with their protagonist almost every time. Like, they did something similar with Rey, how she was still the same. I mean, spoilers mm-hmm. for episode seven. Yeah. But, um, right, and she, and she sort of used skills that she picked up on um, yeah. Jakku. Yeah. 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 I think, it, yeah, I think it's very similar. I think where you can see... And Anakin was just a little kid. <laughs> yeah. But like, now that's um, pod yeah, I think that you know. You see, that's that. that's how I view Luke in this movie. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. View him as Anakin and Phantom Menace. Really? Yep. No, I feel like he's the the journey that he goes on in this movie is so much different than Anakin's because Anakin doesn't go on a journey in that movie. But I think that um, Luke is so much of a better character than Rey because he doesn't start at a place where he is. You know, already a perfect character. I feel like, hmm. like Ray. I, yeah, I mean, he's he's not doing stuff for himself. Yeah, like I feel like, like Luke has to change throughout the span of the movies, and I haven't felt that way yet with the new trilogy. Even though I, well, obviously, if you listen to our top twenty, it was my number three movie of of the year last year. So you know, I like the Last Jedi a lot, but um, I feel like in terms of just the specific hero's arc of the main character in each trilogy. I feel like Luke has a great small story arc within this movie that branches off into the into the sequels. And I think it's I think he has a, a big turning point too when he sees Big Sty when they're yeah. up on doing the Death Star trench run when he sees his best friend, you know, die and he still is Get able to exploded. Yeah, he he sees by his dad. Yeah, by his dad. <laughs> but he doesn't know his dad, but still I think like no. The trench run is awesome in the first place of the different camera angles, you know, going into the Death Star trench and, you know, it all around was, the Death Star. For sure, that was a revolutionary yeah. kind oh, of, like, And scene. it still looks good. The Death Star the Death Star trench run, I still think, looks awesome. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, it probably looks... I, I, I okay, yeah, I, it definitely looked really good for the time. I don't think it holds up, but, I mean, you can't really expect it to. Yeah, 40 years have passed and right. all this different technology, computer technology. I think it still looks really good. Um... And I, I do like how that, he just keeps losing things in this movie, and uh, throughout the entire course of his character, but he loses, you know, his aunt and uncle, he loses mm. his father figure, he loses his best friend. But he gets a medal, so it's okay. But yeah, but I think, like, all this loss that is happening to him is what's changing him, and yeah. at the same time, is still bringing out the good in him, which I think is a really interesting character. That's a fair statement. Um, but then, yeah, I like how... I love the way the music swells um, when they're doing the trench run, and just Obi-Wan's voice comes through, and he's just like, trust the force, and he turns off his computer, and I love that he goes from being so worried about, you know, the computer and all that stuff, to just trusting himself, I think, I think that's, that's a really cool message. I think it's also, in, like, an interesting development of the force, that, like, mm-hmm. that's one of the first places we really see it not just being used as, like, little tricks mm-hmm. and things like that, that it's really something that can, like change you guide it like it guided him to guide you yeah do the good that he needed to do i think yeah i think it's a i think it's a great moment i think it's a great moment for luke um in general and i think it shows also how important ben was to him that he hears that voice and he you know sure listens to it and trusts himself 
Yeah. I think just I think that's because Obi Wan is a great character too, um, in this movie and in the series. Yeah, he is. But um, yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, and I, I love that you know, Han goes away, says he's not back. coming, and he comes mm-hmm. back. I love that scene of when all of a sudden there's the Tie Fighter just gets destroyed and the Falcon swoops in. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's great. Um, <laughs> what I'm confused by is how the. Uh, Vader's Tie Fighter just keeps spinning like for like a like solid two minutes. Like, wait, just like keeps spinning off into space. And it's like why isn't it doing anything? No, it wasn't spinning for that long. It, like spun out of control, and then you see it right at the end of the shot. He like levels it out, and he like is able to take. It's that for control. a while. It it shows a couple times. Like it just shows it's still spinning, and then goes back to something else, and then oh, still spinning. Really? I don't. I don't mm-hmm. really remember that. I don't think. I don't, know. I don't think that's true. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. I don't know. I think I I like. How Vader is, and I think it shows the setup too that if this movie was success, successful, which obviously it very much was, that he had the plans to be able to have Vader in the in the sequel. Yeah, right. right. Not just like killing him off. Yeah, because like if this was just going to be a set contained story, he would have killed Vader. Yeah, like, like right. Vader as, a, died. as a set contained story, this is yeah. a lot. Like worse. Vader, no, no. Like as a set contained story, I think it still works. I'm just saying, like it was. It was met. It was made as a self-contained story. Like especially, you see that, like, because you can, you know, you can see the destruction of the Death Star as the Empire being defeated. Yeah. Yeah. And it shows later in the series that it wasn't. But I feel like there's enough resolution here at the end that it works as its own story, but also still leaves Vader there, and the Emperor. You know, even though we only heard his name in passing, mm-hmm. um, to be there for the sequels, which we did get, thankfully. Um, yeah. I think I don't know. I, I like I like I've said throughout this entire podcast. I like the way this story works by itself and in the context of everything that has come since. Okay. Yeah, I I like it in the context. I don't think it. I don't think it really works as an individual movie. Mm-hmm. And that's just that's just how I feel about that. Yeah. But not by modern day standards, by any means. Oh, certainly an not. But I think in the seventies it, it could have been. I, I, in the I 70s? think definitely. Well, I think it has to have been in the seventies. Yeah. But I think, judging by today's standards as a standalone, I don't think is completely fair. Yeah. But I think that. Oh, ju- judging by today's standards, this gets a, a yeah. much worse rating. Well, of course. Really. But um, oh my god. I mean, yeah. it's, it, you're dealing with like '70s stuff, and so which is why I'm saying that like there's no yeah, way that we and, can but, say yeah right you in the really context of today. I think even like today with like with the writers that we have and stuff that this would and the have actors. been and the actors that this would have been like. If if this had been a standalone movie today, that it would be very different. I see no flaws in the performances. I don't. There was not one performance in this movie that I really had a problem with. What performance did you have a problem with? I mean, like just in general, I don't know. Han. Really, you didn't like Ford's performance. Han, sort of. I don't know. I, I liked it, but I think like I think just everything today would be so much better. I think, I think Luke like he didn't. I don't think I don't. I didn't really get a whole lot of emotion from him ever, really? like at all. I feel like I cited those scenes in this movie where I got the most emotion from. This one of Mark Hamill's first films, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. it was so. right. And they, I mean, they they had someone inexperienced, and it was like it was the seventies. It's so I'm cutting him some slack for that. Yeah, I think oh, I also think also there. Leia. I really, mean, I, I love Carrie like, Fisher in this movie. I, I think I think she's good. I think she's good in other movies. Um... I just feel like yeah, you know, I just, I just feel like I didn't get a lot from her. I just didn't really get emotion. Yeah, there wasn't too much depth to the character, 
No, that's, I think that's because... Not this one, at least. No. So, that, so that's another way that the, it doesn't work as a self-contained She story. was very much just the princess character, though. I think that's, like, part of... Exactly. She, she was, was what she was yeah. the object that needed to be saved. Yeah, but she sub- she subverts that be- by being such a spunky individual in herself. I, feel like I think she that comes out more in later the, movies. Yeah. No, I feel like, you know, get this walking carpet out of that. my way. I feel like she like she is not what you... Like, what, what's great about Leia in this movie is that, you know... She, you know, you kind of see little sprinkles of it before until you get the cell block scene, where it's like, oh, she, like, she is a lot different than I expected her to be. Like, you know, she's, like, very independent, you know, doesn't take any crap, will give as much crap as Han will give her, you know. I I feel like I really like those two dynamics, and I, like you were saying that you don't think you see a whole lot of setup between Han and Leia romantically. I feel like their back-and-forth banter at each other like that is what's starting to set up, like, they're starting to like. You ever have think of a little bit. princess and a guy like me? No. <laughs> I know, I, and I love that scene. I think that scene is so good. I love the dialogue between Luke and Han. I love how Han just like. Oh, I think it's good, but I think it's creepy when like knowing that Luke and Leia are siblings. He's like, no, I want her. <laughs> it's like, nope. Calm mine. Down. <laughs> Calm okay, down. she's your sister. <laughs> Freak. <laughs> I don't know. I don't judge Luke for it. He doesn't know. Neither of them know. Just I know, but then that's just bad planning from Lucas. I guess. Yeah. That's how, I, that's how I feel about that. Just just plans were changed, things were changed, and if you if I'm not gonna go into every single little backstory detail that I know, because if I did, this would be a three hour podcast. Um, but if you go back and if you're interested, you can you can find the resources online that literally lays out what the story was supposed to be and how it changed hmm. and the entire arc that was supposed to be over the twelve movies that were initially planned. You mean like Jar Jar Binks being a Sith Lord? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. But like, yeah, like if you want to know the changes that were made, why Luke's changed his mind, all that information is available and you can find it out. Um, but I won't go into all the details because that's going to take a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Um, we're pretty much at the end of the movie. Then. Yeah, besides, I, I just want to talk about, yeah, the Throne Room song is just my favorite Star Wars it's song. It's great. Yeah. It's no, so it's good. I, John Williams' score is one of the saving graces for, of this movie. Oh, I, yeah, I think I think it elevates this movie a lot. Um, yeah, for sure. And this this song particularly... And, is, and, and also what I notice is it holds up. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot oh, of the really other does. stuff really just dates itself and doesn't really hold up that well. I think John Williams' score is definitely one of the things that does. Yeah. This is one of the movies that, um, I may have kind of mentioned this earlier, but this is one of the only movies where I'm like, the soundtrack, like, completely makes like, oh, some yeah. of these scenes. Oh, yeah. Like, there are movies where I'm like, oh, like, I recognize that song from, like, Blade Runner or from, like, whatever. But, um, this is, Star Wars is one of the only movies where I've, like, been like well something that isn't just a musical where i'm like this would completely change it if it didn't happen it absolutely was well also it's all original oh exactly yeah and then everything from here you know takes from this original right i mean like when you think of the great like legendary film scores this is it it, this isn't just one of them like this is it this is the score yes yeah so and it's i think there's so many there's so many you know, pieces in this movie, like, music pieces, that in any other movie are just, like, you know, regular whatever music that you don't think about, but ever, almost, there's, like, realizing just watching this a couple hours ago, almost every single moment in this movie, I hear a melody that instantly is, like, oh, it's that, it's that piece, like, it's an instantly recognized piece. everything, yeah, um... The Imperial March is not in this movie no, at the all. Imperial That's March an, is not introduced in the second. Mm-hmm. Um, which Williams, so by the way, when they were doing the special editions, fought really hard to let Lucas put 
the uh, Imperial March in this movie, and he wouldn't let him uh, for some reason. Yeah. But yeah, he he Williams really badly when the when the special editions were coming out. He yeah. really badly wanted to put Definitely. the Imperial March in this, but yeah, um, yeah, which I think actually would have just made it even better. But yeah, that's yeah. whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess I guess that's it. Um, going to final thoughts and ratings, Brendan. Sure. Good. Um, so I grew up with this movie. Uh, it was one of the first movies that I ever watched just with my dad because he obviously was growing up when it came out. And so Star Wars films always have a special place in my heart. As a standalone film, I don't think it's necessarily fair to compare it to today's standards, but I also don't think that even back in the 70s it was completely perfect. Um, I'm going to give it an A. Not an A+, just because it's not my favorite Star Wars film. But it's it, it's a good movie. I, I mean, you know, there's so much nostalgia in it uh, for me and for anyone, I think. But at the same time, there there are problems with it, but problems that I'm willing to overlook. And so I think, um, yeah, I'm just going to go with that. Cool. I absolutely love the universe that this sets up and how it blossoms into such... Because it's such an expansive universe, and there's so much that can be gotten out of it. I think the movie itself is not very good at all. It's... And I think I think a lot of... I, I would love to give this, like, a great rating, because... I mean... It's... Because I, I, do, I do love the universe, and I'm a Star Wars fan... But just the the movie itself, if you look at it as a movie, and not as Star Wars, then it's it you can criticize it a lot harder. And I feel like um, I feel like we ran into this a little bit with with Justice League, with a mm-hmm. sort of like fan versus criticism, and with sort of DC in general. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you put this movie to the standards that you were judging, like um, I don't know, you were judging Justice League and Batman v Superman with, it's it plummets. Um, I mean, like, the the fight choreography, like, if that were in Justice League and I were saying, you know, I think it's not really important, I mean, you would you would definitely um, definitely criticize it a little bit more for that. And the, the useless alien shots that we get all over the place, like, I might appreciate that as some world building or something, but I don't... It's just honestly not necessary. So I'm gonna be... I would love to give this a great rating... I'm going to be generous. I'm going to be very generous and give this movie, the movie itself, a B-. Wow. I think, I, I understand what you're saying with Justice League, but also I feel like putting this movie up against Justice League in terms of in terms of storytelling, I think this movie is far and away not even comparable, amazing compared to Justice League in terms of storytelling. And then if you look at it in terms of special effects, um for the time, if you look at it for the time, this movie, in terms of special effects, is so much better than Justice League when looking at its time period. If you're like For the time, yeah. I mean, like, it doesn't hold up. But. Yeah, but I feel like if you look at it, like, Justice League compared to the movies today, special effects suck. Sure. Star Wars compared to the movies of that day, incredible. So I feel like that's where it's different, and I feel like this, I don't know, this movie actually, I feel like, has a great story in it by itself, um... It is not the best movie ever made, but it is 100% my favorite movie, which is why this is easily getting an A-plus for me. 
Um, this is my favorite movie. I love all the characters that it introduces. I love the story that it introduces. I love the story that it is. And um, I have little to no flaws with it. Um, I understand maybe some people don't like the pacing of it. Some people don't like um, the different things that come up in it. I get that. But for me, it is my favorite movie. I love it to death. Um, and I think I, I can't think of a movie that A, makes me happier to watch, or B, has done more for my love of movies or for me in general as a personal connection. Because Star Wars means so much to me just in personal reasons that I won't get into besides just that it's a great movie and that I grew up with it um, and that it really has inspired me to want to do stuff with the film in my life but be, just beyond that too so I think this easily gets an A+. plus. It's the best of the series I'll say that right now um, it doesn't get any better than this some movies get close but there's I think this is by far and away my favorite Star Wars movie and my favorite movie you so, are entitled to that opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love this movie. Um, and I'm excited to see where we go on Empire because I mm. I see myself as a little bit of a contrarian on that movie. I love that movie. I know. I, 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 I imagine favorite. I'll give it something better. I mean, just because they sort of knew what they were doing more. But yeah, I, I love all the movies in this series, but um, for different mm. reasons. So yeah, so that was our review. That was our episode. Um, I could have gone away a lot more in depth. I held back so that it's not a four-hour podcast. Yes, you could have. Um, so you're welcome, first of all, for not boring you with all the details that I care about. But uh, so yeah, I hope you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed that. We're gonna, you know, keep plowing, plowing forward towards solo. Um, we're gonna throw other, you know, movie reviews in between the trilogies, probably just to space it out. When are we doing pirates? <laughs> I love pirates. <laughs> Eventually. Yeah. Eventually. That would that would be me in your shoes, Logan, for this series, for at least this movie. Mm. Um, I'd be back into my same role as DC for that series. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I love pirates in the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah, you would be acting as me in this. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, if this is your first episode, you know. Nope. Now we do come on the show, victims. Yeah. Everyone. Every Everyone. Person please. Involved in this God. Movie. Come on. <laughs> Um, John George, Williams, Mark Hamill, just, George just, Lucas, just John Williams, anyway. George Lucas. Just pay attention to me this time. Mark Hamill, <laughs> don't ignore me this time. Don't. Just Mark Hamill, just because Mark Hamill's an awesome. Person. I love Mark Hamill. He's awesome. He's like the fun uncle. Yeah, he kind of is the fun uncle now. Yeah, yeah. But well, um, I feel like they used to be Harrison Ford, but no, it's but Mark then, Hamill. But then, yeah, he decided that he doesn't want to interact with people anymore. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, so if you guys haven't listened to it, go back, check out our DC podcast. You might find some discussions in there that you uh, like. Our Kingsman series, we did a lot of individual reviews in there, too. Mm-hmm. We did. Um, Blade Runner, we just did. Um, we just finally wrapped it up. <laughs> After four um, months. But yeah, so I hope you know, hit us up on the social medias, Brendan. The mm-hmm. social medias that we have a Facebook. We have, we have a, Facebook a Facebook page. We, we have, have a Cinema Talk podcast. I was like, yeah, we don't have anything else. Yeah, that's what, that's um, what we got. Uh, we have a Twitter. We, we do, do have a Twitter that I... On. That we know that Floyd. Uh, I run the Facebook page. Floyd runs the Twitter. I will get better. We post on them sometimes. <laughs> I'll try to. I'm gonna try to get an Instagram up and going and try to post on that because I think that'll probably be easier. You can contact us through our social medias and we may respond to you. But mm-hmm. we'll, we'll respond. Maybe. Yeah. If you contact yeah. us, we'll respond. I was gonna say on Twitter, Floyd has promised to respond. I make no promises on Facebook. I get if, notifications if, if anyone, if someone contacts me on Twitter. If anyone 
like says anything or makes contact with us on social media at all, we will respond. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys listening. If you guys are new listeners, like we said, I hope you guys check out our old episodes, subscribe, um, do whatever thanks you want to do. Thanks for listening. But yeah, thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Alright, see you guys. Bye. It's the start of our Star Wars series. Yeah, it is. God damn it. That wasn't the... Oh. I thought you were going to say... That's not what we agreed on, Floyd. I know. I changed.